Hello, this is Len Tengis welcoming you to the iPodcast AGCMO Weekly Podcast. In each episode, we'll feature information about a contractor, specialty contractor, supplier, contracting agency, owner, or legislative or regulatory issue pertinent to the construction industry in Missouri. We'll feature industry professionals and other construction industry representatives to help our listeners stay up to date with current and future trends in construction. So here we go. Welcome back to iPodcast AGCMO. Our guest today is on the line all the way from that land we all love, Washington, D.C. Today we have with us Jimmy Christensen. And Jimmy is the Vice President of Government Relations for AGC of America. Jimmy, thanks for hopping on the phone with us today. Len, thanks for having me. I saw an article recently in one of our sister chapters magazines about the roles that their congressional delegation and their senators play in Washington, D.C. And I thought, you know, that's probably something that may be of interest to our folks here in Missouri. So I know that we have a couple of folks in the House that are well-seated and, you know, a couple of folks in the Senate that we should probably talk about also. So maybe we'll start with the 6th Congressional District with Representative Sam Graves. He's been there since 2001, and uh, I think he's probably doing some pretty good things for our industry. So maybe I'll let you talk about Representative Graves for a minute or two. Now, Chairman Graves of the House Transportation and Infrastructure Committee has obviously, as you said, been around for quite some time. And he is someone that we have long relied on for helping the construction industry, especially on the transportation side. He gets our issues, supports us. We can agree to disagree. You know, while he didn't vote for the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, the bipartisan infrastructure law, he does acknowledge that the law of the land and it's his job to make sure it's implemented correctly. And, and we've enjoyed working with him even in the last, just the last couple of months as chairman to make sure that it is, in fact, implemented correctly. And the requirements and and the ways that this administration is looking to add all sorts of new mandates and so forth, or how discretionary grants are doled out, are with some actual thought behind them. And in many cases on the requirement side, you know, that wasn't something that Congress signed up for. So these are things that you know, he's been he's been great to work with on whether we're talking about in 2023, 2013, or 2001 or two, as he said. Chairman Graves is in a pretty powerful position in the House right now. He is in a very powerful position in the House right now. That is correct. And as in that spot, he has been a friend of AGC all the way along, though. Yes, he's he's been a long supporter of the industry. He understands it. I could tell you uh, between you and me, I don't know if you even know this one, this might be breaking news for you, but his new chief of staff, his family-owned construction business, his uh, asphalt paving business in uh, Missouri, and recently became an AGC member. So even Sam's chief of staff is an AGC member. That's a good connection, and he certainly has been... Uh, 
always open to listen to us and listen to our concerns whenever we've met with them. So that that's good that we have a good two-way relationship there from the state of Missouri. I'm sure there's a lot of other states that would love to have that chairmanship. You better believe it. Let's jump over to the other end of the state to uh, Jason Smith from the 8th District. He's been there since 2013, and I think he's in a pretty good spot also, isn't he? Yes. So he is chairman of the House Ways and Means Committee now. This is the tax writing committee in the House. It is considered usually, if not the most powerful committee in the in the top two or three. And he is someone that really, you know, he's 42 years old. He wasn't necessarily everyone's top pick, uh, or at least favorite pick in the sense of someone whose turn it was to become chair of this powerful House committee. And he surprised a lot of people uh, by, in fact, doing that. And I think it has a lot to do with his background, the area he's from, how he grew up, and kind of where the party is looking to position itself as trying to support working people. And we could talk about this a little bit more, but not necessarily being as friendly to the corporate, not saying business interests, but to the bigger corporate interests as some of his predecessors may have been. Kind of a surprise to people that he ended up with this position. Yes. he. There was someone else that was far more tenure and, I'll just say, uh, better campaign contributions and better, better backed as one of the wealthiest members of Congress. He beat him out based on ideas and where the conference wants to go. So here again, there are a lot of other states that would love to have that chair. You know, uh, the, the power to, to tax is the power to kill, and he, he's got that power, and it's also the power to help the interests that you have back home. And I could tell you, I can't look at many other recent Ways and Means Committee chairmen who have introduced legislation to help with user fees for the Highway Trust Fund, for example, and he did that in a previous Congress with alternative fuel vehicles and saying that EVs should pay their fair share and have a user fee. So that's the type of guy that I think is going to be great not only for Missouri, but will be great for our, our national infrastructure programs ahead. So AGC has a positive relationship with uh, Chairman Smith then also? We do. That's great. Now, you mentioned before we came on, you know, we have Congresswoman Bush, Congresswoman Wagner, Congressman Luke DeMeyer, Alford, Emanuel Cleaver, and Eric Burleson. So our other folks, they're not chairman of any committees, to my knowledge. What, what sort of roles do they fill in the Congress? So, you know, not everyone is necessarily in a position to help the construction industry, but they have the same vote count as any other member of Congress, and that's one. And so these members are, while they may not be on a committee or chair a committee particularly of importance to our industry, they are folks that we continue to look at and getting involved for 
various issues where we agree and we're, we're there interested in helping our various issues because, you know, just because you might be on the financial services committee doesn't mean that uh, 90% of what you introduce to Congress or, or, or your votes is going to be just on financial services. So, you know, it takes 218 votes to pass something in Congress. And when it comes to our issues, every vote matters. And those are folks that, you know, they transportation issues, construction issues, building your, your schools. These are bread and butter issues that they still need to be listening to us and uh, our members back home to make sure that they can continue working out here with me. What sort of things are going on in the Financial Services Committee? You mentioned that, and I really am ignorant myself about what that particular committee does. Sure. That's that you'd get a lot of interest for the Securities and Exchange Commission issues or credit cards, banks. But, you know, an issue that we do engage with from time to time is flood insurance. Uh, because you better believe when the, uh, the FEMA is looking at changing the maps for how they determine who has to pay or how you have to pay for flood insurance, it's, uh, it's under the purview of that committee. So it's actually, that's one of the few things where we do engage with them. And I do know in Missouri, you do have a, a pretty big river that runs on at least one side, the Mississippi. So being aware of where your flood zones are and how you can get insurance through the government for that is a big deal for development. Definitely is. Well, are there any other committees that hop out at you when you look at the rest of our congressional delegation, yes or no, or any anything else that's going on on the House side that we ought to be aware of from the Missouri side? You mentioned Congressman Luke Meyer. He has been a big friend, especially when we look at Army Corps of Engineer issues, Mississippi River, especially, and in, in addition to small business issues. You know, Sam Graves, uh, years ago, was the chairman of the Small Business Committee, and Congressman Luke Meyer most recently, uh, not in this session of Congress, but was the ranking member and still sits on the small, House Small Business Committee. And it, it really is an area where we have found success in working with members uh, like him in getting common sense procurement uh, reforms through, whether it's the National Defense Authorization Act or, you know, other legislation that's moving to help actually get uh, legislation to help small businesses get government contracts or deal with government contracting. So really, the Missouri delegation uh, has been a friend of AGC for the most part in the in those areas. Absolutely. What about on the Senate side? You know, we have uh, Senator Blunt, who's going to be leaving at the end of his term, and uh, Senator Hawley. Anything stand out to you uh, over in the other uh, side of the building? You know, with it, I do think it's a pretty big loss for the state with Senator Roy Blunt, uh, now uh, retired. Uh, he was someone that not only understood how, quite frankly, both the House and Senate work, because he was a member of the leadership during his time in the House as well as in the Senate. He was an appropriator, which means he knew how to uh, 
get the financial dollars back home to the district. And he was really successful in doing that time and time again for Missouri. But he also knew how to get things done, legislation enacted. He was uh, a whip in the House, uh, so he counted votes. He was very good at doing that and did the same in, in ways for Mitch McConnell in the Senate. And, you know, when you have someone that's been around in uh, the Congress for that long and and has so much experience, it's, it's not like someone that comes in can just have that overnight. And you have two new freshman members that I think can both take up that mantle and are interested in learning from members what are their issues that are really impacting them and where are they going to be leaders. And, you know, you, you have uh, two former attorney generals now as your senators, and I do think that there's a lot of areas that we can work together with them and at least bring them up to speed. So it, it takes some time in the Senate. So uh, it'll it's, it's some good proving ground for us work with them as well well appreciate that jimmy could you just give us a little brief overview of maybe the top one or two issues that agc of america is tracking right now in the house and the senate i know it's a always something going on there's a surprise every day and just curious if you could share this will you know the timing from the recording of this till it's published will be a week or two, but I know this is not going to be resolved in a week or two. What sort of things you see in the horizon? <laughs> You're right. No, it's, nothing's going to be resolved in the next week uh, <laughs> in, 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 on Capitol Hill with any of the, uh, the with some of the bigger issues that we're dealing with. So I'll talk about two, and I don't think they'll be surprising to any of your members. But uh, number one is obviously workforce development. Uh, how do we continue to uh, reverse the higher education bias where only one out of five dollars that Washington, D.C. spends on uh, any sort of education programming goes towards career and technical education? I think that this is somewhere where both Republicans and Democrats have heard overwhelmingly from every side of their districts or states that is necessary. We're not the only industry facing workforce shortages. So I do believe and see opportunities here. You know, one of the perennial bills that I think we get closer each Congress to, which is not going to necessarily solve our workforce development issues, but is a step in the right direction is just allowing for the eligibility of Pell Grants. These are the free grants given to students to be used on career and technical education, specifically short-term training programs that don't, they're not currently eligible to be used for those that uh, many in the construction industry do take advantage of. So the opportunity to do that could help, you know, whittle away at that higher education bias, you know, as opposed to the vast majority going to four-year college could be we a helpful helpful piece to, there, a helpful piece to help bring some more folks who may not be correct. able to have the financial wherewithal into our industry. That's correct. And the other side, permitting reform. You know, the last Congress, a lot of people might not uh, like or 
understand even the Inflation Reduction Act because it included a whole host of new tax credits uh, that aren't necessarily uh, fully paid for, but it does include a host of new tax credits that for green, clean energy construction projects. But the biggest issue with a lot of those projects is nothing new that we're uh, anyone uh, uh, listening in would be surprised about, and that's just how dang long it takes to get permits for anything from the federal government. So when you're trying to actually build new energy infrastructure, whether it's clean uh, or oil and gas, you know, traditional energy, whatever you're looking at, it's really hard to get the permits from the federal government and takes so long that it really delays any sort of development necessary. And given the needs that we have in this country to take an all-of-energy approach and really push for just solving our uh, energy woes, you know, we need to be able to build more transmission wires if you're going to have solar farms, wind, more wind farms, uh, so that that energy that's generated you can get from place to place, and and it, those are the number that's the number one hurdle to getting those projects built. And there is interest on both Republican and Democratic sides in addressing some of those needs through permitting reform. I, I am now hearing for the first time in my career a few Democrats saying that they're willing to open the National Environmental Policy Act that was enacted in 1970 to help address this. I mean, that's a huge acknowledgement that in, this is too important to necessarily let things keep going the way they've been going. So I'm cautiously optimistic that we, we could see something on permitting reform this Congress. Well, that would certainly be helpful for our contractors, both of those issues, uh, having more people to be able to build the projects that they bid on, and then once they do have a project, to be able to obtain the permits to actually get it done. Exactly. Jimmy, I appreciate your time today. I appreciate all the work that you and AGC of America and your whole team does in Washington, D.C. I know you. we could probably talk about all the other issues you're following for the rest of the afternoon, but we want to keep people awake and want to make sure that they understand <laughs> the big issues that we're dealing with. And as always, they can either visit the AGC of Missouri website or go to AGC of America's website and bore down into all these issues. I know that you have position papers available on all of these topics for the members to understand where AGC of America stands and what they're doing to help the industry. That's right. And if anyone needs me, Len, as we, we talked about before we hopped on, AGC never closes. And I'm always available via, via email at jimmy.christensen.agc.org. Uh, at any time and happy to take any questions or concerns and see what we could do for any member anywhere. Thanks again, Jimmy. Have a great day. You too. Thanks, Len. Thanks again for listening. It's easy to subscribe to iPodcast AGCMO on almost any podcast platform that you use. 
We hope you do subscribe and continue to listen as we move forward with this important project for the construction industry. To access our prior podcasts, visit www.agcmo.org, not only for podcasts, but for additional information about AGC of Missouri.